Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Derek, Josh, welcome back to the pod. Hey, uh, from the sound of things, you, you boys have been pretty busy lately. So uh, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I got to spend the uh, day yesterday on the golf course with some high school buddies, one of my uh, Ethan Kremkis, one of my high school buddies is getting married next weekend. So had a little uh, golf outing with, with a couple of buddies from high school. I still refused to golf. So I think I took a total of maybe four swings on the course <laughs> over 18 holes. But it was still still fun nonetheless. <laughs> How did those swings go? Not good. Not okay. good. That's why I don't swing more. <laughs> I don't know how you can call yourself an athlete and not hit a, a golf ball. I, I don't I don't get that. It's not even moving. You used to play baseball. I, I don't get that. You could at least putt, right? Uh yeah, but I just get I just don't feel like putting the time in to uh to try and get good at it and it just frustrates me because I'm not good at it and it's too expensive. <laughs> I can go on forever, but all right, all right. I, I respect that. You get a lot of your father in you there. Oh. Um I, I, I was really busy yesterday, too, as well. I, I did go back out and check out the Fall League in Jackson. You know, teams are kind of dropping like flies because of COVID. And and uh, it, it had uh, Jake Fosdick and I talking about a different conversation about what's going on with football. Like, Tecumseh dropped the Dexter game, like, last minute because of COVID. And, you know, I, I think they're going to be out of school now for the next two weeks, which begs the question, can they even play football next week? Then UAD Jesuit had to scramble and get a game this week because of COVID and then and had to go play, uh, I believe it was Lake Orion over on the east side, which, mm-hmm. you know, big schools, good matchup, things like that. Chelsea lost a game this week to Adrian, not because of COVID, but because, you know, numbers and things like that. And so Fosdick and I were talking, you know, I, I have a feeling we're all going to need to have five teams that we, we have on speed dial as coaches and athletic directors where – Okay, um, like Alvet, we don't play you this year, but you should probably be a team we have on speed dial. And or Celine, we play them once. But Jake and I said, you know what? Let's just count on playing each other again if if something like this happens. Where so on a Friday night, if uh, you know two two of us lose a game, we can kind of hurry up and put something together so our kids don't lose games all year. Because I think this is going to be something we deal with all year long. Look at you trying to still keep Olivet on the schedule. I like that about you. You're pretty pretty persistent about that. But but you're right. It's going to be a. It's everybody's going to have to be flexible. And I mean, a football game to to go up and Gladwin in eight hours before the game to decide who you're going to play with no scouting report. You just kind of you know you're winging it. Probably one huddle video or something like that and go play. It's just uh, we're going to be doing that in basketball. I have a feeling it's winter as well. But. Hey, we, uh, we have a little star power scheduled for today with a uh, former Ypsilanti boys coach and new Wayne Memorial boss, Steve Brooks, joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, and we also have Monroe St. Mary Catholic Central coach, Randy Winham, uh, stopping by to help us with our prep pigskin picks later on. Before we do that, though, it should be noted that we are just six weeks away from the start of the 2020-21 high school boys basketball season. It's definitely coming up quickly. And even though there's uh, a lot of uncertainty surrounding the season, it's go time with regard to uh, coaches and their preparation. Uh, we've got BCAM. Uh, we've got the BCAM clinic scheduled for next weekend. There's the Matt Dennis virtual coaching clinic on October 24, of which Josh is a part. We've got coaches meetings that need to be held. In other words, high school coaches have a lot to do in the next uh, few weeks or so. Uh, 
And on that topic of things to do, I have, a, I guess I have a question for the two of you. And I'm, I'm sure both of you will be fine tuning your uh, complex systems this month and uh, figuring out the best way to convey that information to assistant coaches and players. That said, um, do you guys assemble some type of uh, playbook, either video or on paper, or do you have some other method that you use? Um, I know I've done it multiple ways in the past. So, uh, like, Derek, I mean, what, what, what are you planning to do with regard to a playbook? Being obviously new here at Napoleon this year, and I was new last year at Springport, um, I do have a lot, of, a lot of the coaches I'm working with that haven't worked with me before, and they're not totally aware of what I like to do. So in order to try and get that information to them, what I've used is a, is, well, I think most coaches are familiar with it, but it's called Fast Draws. You know, it's a software where you can design plays, um, you know, online and then can uh, easily print them and share them and send them and, and everything. So I've kind of stuck with that as a way of compiling the basic things I want to get to my middle school coaches and my JV coach and just giving them an idea of, of what I want to do. Usually to go with that, like just giving them that is probably not enough in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's not always the easiest thing in the world to, to follow a, a drawing uh, of a, of a player, a set and totally understand it. So I always try and, you know, also sit down and, and break it down with them on, on paper. I also, you know, obviously adding as many notes as you can to try and clarify things is good. Uh, but I actually think that is pretty helpful. I do that a lot with, with coaches. I don't think that for most kids, it's helpful to, to give them a like, you know, paper copy of a playbook. If they ask for it, I, you know, obviously I'll do it, but I don't necessarily think that it's, it's uh, something that's necessary for them. I, I do actually, I did mess around with a little bit of a video playbook when I was applying for the Napoleon job and everything from our, our what, what I ran last year. And that was actually fun to do. And I think that actually is something that might be more useful for players. Um, if, if, you know, you're putting something in and a kid's struggling with it, you could actually have some video of previous seasons of what you're looking for. So obviously that takes a little more time and, and even a little more tech savviness, but, uh, and I don't have that really made up for myself, but I'd like to do that at some point. Josh, what about you? You know, when I was a young coach and I, <laughs> and I say that maybe 10 years ago, I was a playbook guy, um, you know, copies, notebooks, you know, messages in the book, all these different things. And, you know, after years of just watching those collect dust in the bottom of lockers, I, I just I stopped wasting my time doing it. The same thing as Derek, if a kid actually asked me for the plays, I would just hand them the plays, a copy of them, and they could have those. But I've found that one kids in the past, you know, and, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Kids just don't make use of the, the, the copies of notebooks like they used to. I had one when I was a player for Rex, but obviously that was a long time ago. And I think that I think kids learn it through muscle memory from running through the plays, from skeleton work, from five on five stuff where we're just kind of talking about reads and things like that. I actually had never thought of a video playbook until I talked to Derek last spring and he was interviewing for jobs and he was telling me he was building one. And I thought it was brilliant because I mean, that's how you go over scouting reports. It's how, how you learn your opponents. So I actually did start building a video playbook. And it's, I feel like I've made pretty good progress on that so far during the pandemic. And in the last couple of weeks, I've actually really focused on creating plays and fast draw as well. But I'm, I'm doing that more for me because as I get older, my memory's going and I'm, I'm starting to forget things. So I'm trying to get everything down on paper so I don't forget and, and for my staff. But um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try the video playbook this year. 
Yeah, that's that's it, it, that's all interesting. Um, you know, it's it's in, in the classroom. We have different types of learners, and we have, we have the same thing with basketball players. I mean, I've had kids that they need to physically run the player. It doesn't matter if it's a video or on paper. If they're not running it, you know, physically, they're never going to learn it. Um, and it's the same thing. There's some kids that they see it in practice and their, their head spinning and they, they, you know, quickly ask you, can you write that down on paper so I can study it? Uh, the video is going to be for another type of learner. So, you know, our, our players are all different types of learners. So having a little bit of everything is nice. The, the written part, I don't really like it either. Um, but I, and I don't think a lot of kids want it, but some do, and some would probably prefer the video. Um, obviously the written stuff helps with other coaches. You know, I, I'm from a time period. I first started coaching. I didn't have a playbook at all. Like it was just all in my head. And, uh, and then I started to like write outlines, you know, with just the names of plays or defenses. But that was, again, really just to help my own organization. It really didn't help my staff or my players. And I don't know if I was worried about stuff being out there and I didn't want other people to get it, or if I just, you know, just wasn't innovative enough to do it, but you know, some type of playbook, obviously, uh, especially when you're starting a new program or you're, you're with a new coaching staff seems, um, seems appropriate and, and what about uh like a defensive playbook you know like i, I saw derek's uh offensive playbook that he put out before he started interviewing for jobs and that, that thing was really nice and it, it you get a real good feel of like his system of play but what about defensive playbooks either either you guys have anything in that area yeah so i i stole this from ryan at spring arbor he had a huge defensive portion in his playbook and and basically it outlined the defensive system the terminology the rules how you guard different actions, all those things. But I've not, I've not like created like a playbook of sorts, like drawing it up. It's just more terminology and rules, but really the next step for me is, is to have like to show a video playbook of that kind of stuff. Like, Hey, this is how we handle um, this screen. This is how we stunt and swipe and recover with two high hands on a closeout. You know, I, I'd love to show little clips of, the terms that we're using and the, and the definitions of them. Right. I think that's a good point. I, I really don't, I think it's tougher obviously to, to put together a defensive playbook because so much of defense is reacting to things that are happening. Obviously, um, you know, you could do it. I have not thought about doing that too much. The one thing that I really actually would like to do down the line, and, and this will be something that I do over time, but it's an idea I got from Mark Cassio. And this, if you're a coach out there listening to us and you don't follow this dude or haven't heard of him, you got to check him out. I mean, he is the most influential guy I've, I've found over this pandemic. He has a courtside consulting. He's a high school basketball coach in Louisiana. Um, he had one of the times I was watching a, a Zoom session or listening to an interview with him um, on a podcast or something. He was talking about how for his coaches, he has a like a basically a Google document. And he has just all the every drill they run in practice even so offensive defensive drills whatever it is he has video clips of it because they video their practices and so he's clipped out every drill they even have so he has this master google doc with all of their drills listed out and you can links to the video if you can see it so he's like whenever they get a new coach they share that with them and they can literally go through or they can get the the, the practice plan for the day and say these are the drills we're doing and they can go in and, and watch a video on what it's supposed to look like it's like that would be something down the line that I'd like to do too. And that you can incorporate a lot of your defensive concepts in that way, I think, um, because it would just be easier to, to see what you're talking about in that. Type I, of that, guy, that, that guy is impressive. I, he'd be one of those, you know, you go around and visit college coaches and programs. He'd be, he'd be worth visiting if you're ever down in Louisiana area and try to tap into what he's doing, because he's a, he's an innovative guy for sure. 
I, I, that's a great idea, but this just in, you need about six more managers in Napoleon <laughs> right now. I mean, it, it, because who, who's videoing those practices and who's breaking all that now? I like it. I, I mean, we've got the, Hey man, we just got the, uh, the huddle. What is it? The huddle assist or not the huddle assist, the huddle focus. Don't see, don't tell me that. Hey, I, I'll tell you yeah, what, baby, I we got the huddle focus so I can record. Don't, don't tell me. I, I don't know if Brad Bush is listening to this <laughs> podcast, but I hope he is. Because this is the second school that is like a classy school that has a, a not a, a tenth or a thousandth of the money that Chelsea does. And and we I was told we don't have the money to get that last year. Think about all I mean, come on, man. Don't tell me stuff like that. You and Leslie being able to take practices and and, and I can't do that. I don't want to hear that right now. So on that topic, though, I got a follow up for you guys. So, Matt, Matt, you have a great story and I I don't I won't do it justice. But tell the story about you coaching against the guy from Battle Creek years ago about uh, the the dry race board. We tell that, please. And then I got a follow up question. No, it was just it was it was Chuck Turner from Battle Creek Central. And and I I coached against him in a uh, in a regional game when when Pinckney uh, when I was at Pinckney, I think it was the 90. 192 season we upset Howell in the district final went to Charlotte to play uh, Kenyon Murray and and uh uh and, and company uh and Chuck Turner was the coach but I had just heard Chuck talk at a B-cam clinic uh like the the fall before and Chuck would Chuck had a southern twang and I I can't do it justice but his his point was you know when he if he, if he ever looked over to the other huddle and he saw the other coach using the drawing board he figured game over like he had it won because they're you know his, his point was they're 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 doing something that they haven't practiced if, they, if the coach is having to draw it on the board and i just i, I thought that was interesting and i used to use the board like crazy probably still do a little bit but uh it, it definitely made you think about that well the reason I, I say that is that that's my question to you guys how often do you or do you ever draw up something brand new in a huddle that you've never practiced before I have done it, well, and obviously I'm only coaching for one year. I think I did it once or twice during the season. I know our, I was a game at East Jackson early in the year last year when I was at Springport, and uh, we were, I think we were down one or two with 30 seconds left. We called a timeout, and I tried to draw up a set that we hadn't run before. And I actually don't know if it was going to work or not because we turned it over trying to throw the ball in bounds. So. <laughs> I'm not sure if it would have worked. I, I actually, that's something that I practiced a little bit. We did actually in our scrimmages, we, we did it a little bit. Like I purposely practiced that just to see if my guys could pick up on it. Like, Hey, if I, um, if I just draw up something brand new, can these guys take this off the board and run it? And I know we actually did it effectively in our scrimmage, but we only used it that one time against East Jackson, maybe one other time during the season. So I've done it. I've done it a lot more than I probably should have. Um, and I will say this certain teams that I've coached, uh, especially a couple of girls teams, believe it or not, can handle it. Like, no, you could just make something up on the spot and their minds just kind of work like yours and they'll go out there and execute it perfectly. And then you got other teams that if you put anything down on a board that they haven't practiced it over and over, they're just, you know, somebody's going to break down and it only takes one person to screw up to do it. So yeah, it, it, that's, that's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I try to draw on the board, but it's probably more nerves than anything. And you look at your board when the team breaks out of the huddle and you say, how did they get anything out of that? And you kind of chuckle sometimes, but you know, the, the last thing I wanted to say about playbooks, I don't know about you guys. Some playbooks look a lot different at the end of the year than they do at the beginning of the year too. I can't, I can't tell you how many over the years, how many things that I, 
I, I subtract because it's not working well. And then I add as the year goes on stuff that wasn't in my mind at the beginning of the season that maybe you saw or you just think fits your team. So it's uh, the evolution of the playbook. Um, I guess that's where fast draw comes in because you can always update it that way. But that's just that's just more my thinking. So. That, that's an excellent point. And I, I would even say that it changes throughout the year depending on your opponents because when, when we play Jackson, Ipsy, and Lincoln, we, we really rely on our backdoor stuff. We have several backdoor sets we call sucker plays, and we rely on those plays against those teams because they overplay. And then, you know, obviously we subtract those out against teams like, you know, Pinkney or Dexter who don't overplay, but they're just more solid, try to keep you in front. You know, and, and so we adjust as we go, depending on opponents. You know, Dexter really struggles with ball screen coverage. So, you know, prior to playing them, we focus on those sets. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you adjust. And, and like a team like Pinkney, they switch everything. So we got to make sure we have stuff in that works against that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's con- it should be fluid throughout the year. Hey, that, that did not go unnoticed, but by the way. Did you just say Dexter uh, struggles with ball screen coverage? Did you just... Yeah, that was the other thing uh, Fosdick and I talked about yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coach Russian, the ball is in your court, clearly. So uh, I, I look forward to uh, the ball screening action during those two games this coming year. But, oh, man. Anyway, uh, I'm going to uh, transition. Great line from Remember the Titans about playbooks. And uh, the skeptical assistant coach asks, uh, he goes, awful skinny playbook, ain't it? And Coach Boone, uh, who was played by, obviously, Denzel Washington, responds with, well, I run six plays. Split beer, it's like Novocaine. Just give it time, always works. So one of the the favorite scenes ever in Remember the Titans. But, you know, just got me thinking about playbooks. Some are more probably complex than they need to be, and, and maybe some are a little simple. But I think that's a great segue to our special guest, whose teams are known for their intense defense and keeping things pretty simple on offense. But with that so-called vanilla offense uh, comes great discipline and outstanding shot selection most years. So let's get to our special guest. We are now joined on Coach Speak by Steve Brooks, the new head boys basketball coach at Wayne Memorial High School. Steve is best known in Washtenaw County for his 17-year coaching stint at Ypsilanti High School. And before that, he was the head coach at Inkster High School from 2000 to 2003. While at Ypsilanti, Coach Brooks won 11 conference titles, eight district championships, and three regional crowns, and also had seven seasons with 20 or more victories. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. Great to be here. Hey, I'm going to jump right into it. You know, um, since journalism, as we know it, is, uh, is kind of in the crapper right now, I figured uh, uh, we would help out the local scribes and follow up on a story that we actually broke, uh, I think it was about six weeks ago, and that's that you left Ypsilanti to take over the head coaching duties at Wayne Memorial. Uh, do you mind kind of telling us uh, how all of that came about? Well, uh, Matt, it was pretty much we felt time to go. Uh, after every season, I always do a – heart-to-heart check within myself and with my family. Uh, my wife is very supportive. And uh, so we just kind of figured it was time to go. There were other times that uh, I had opportunities to leave. Uh, in 2009, I could have actually went to Kalamazoo mm-hmm. Central. Uh, I had accepted the job. But my dad got sick, and uh, I kind of, like, backed off. I didn't want to take a job where – uh, I may have to, you know, be gone for a while. But 
ironically, that team uh, went to the Breslin uh, three straight <laughs> right. years, you know, which, which, uh, and had some fantastic athletes. I think uh, they had Doug Anderson, who, who who ended up winning the dunk contest, I think, in NCAA. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, guys like that, man. And uh, then I had another opportunity uh, back in 13 to uh, go to Belleville right. uh, when John Zajac was the AD. Actually, I uh, had accepted the job, but we were in team camp. And I asked, uh, could we finish team camp up in Central Michigan? Uh, you know, before I told my kids, you know, I just wanted to finish it out with the summer. And we were in the last week of, of the team right. camp. And uh, we happened to go up there, Matt, and play just just fantastic basketball. These kids uh, had been together. I think this was the summer uh, previously the merge. And uh, so Coach John Edwards, who was on my staff at that time, we kind of like had a meeting you know, saying that, hey, man, we just can't, we can't break this group up. And so I uh, ended up there, uh, had a great run with, with, with Corey Allen's group and uh, James L. Davis's group. But, you know, I was kind of just tiring of, uh, you know, just different situations there and, and uh, should have probably had left after those years, but ended up, uh, ended up leaving uh, this summer. Actually, actually interviewed at Oak Park. Right, anyway. right. It's amazing the moves that we don't make and how they impact our career. And uh, you just went over a couple of those that were kind of interesting. So what what was the hardest part about leaving Ypsilanti right now? You know what, Matt, leaving yep. the kids. You know, you man, when, you, when you're here, you know, almost 20 years, I'm starting to see my older guys, you know, they're coming back with their sons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so just, just you know, you, you dig in and and you uh, try to do something to make a difference, and uh, so it's just a lot of stuff there, man. I I've gone through several principals, several several athletic directors, but what was constant was was great kids, you yeah. know, and and wanting to help great kids. I'm actually leaving. Uh, I'm actually leaving a pretty good team uh, there. You know, I'm not trying to take anybody with me. I want I want whoever succeeds me you know, to, to, to have a great team to start with. But you have a nephew at Ypsilanti, right? Yes, he's pretty what's good. What's his, uh, yeah, what's his, uh, what's his status? His, his status, he's, he's going to, he's going to uh, okay. play. And uh, I have a grandson who's 6'8", and, and he's going to play. And then there's a, there's a fantastic kid, uh, Lance Maurer. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six now. And, uh, you know, uh, he's there, and uh, and when you say we, and when you say play, uh, when you say play, you mean they're they're going to stay at Ypsilanti, right? Okay, yes, all yes, right. How's it so? We don't, so how's it going? Never, how's it going so far at Wayne Memorial? Well, I was I was able to meet them via Zoom. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 some crazy times we're in, and uh, just last week I got chance to to uh, meet uh, a few of them in open gym. You know, there there's some pretty good numbers. But you know, you just you just don't know yeah, right, right now. No, you just don't because uh, you know you can only work with four at a time, and uh, then then there are a few of them that are in football. But I seem to be junior and sophomore heavy right now, which is which is a good. That's thing. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you're taking most of your staff with you to Wayne Memorial, from what from what we hear, including your son, yeah. your son Ryan, who uh, who you refer yeah. to as Pops, which is hilarious, and. And uh, yes. and Stefan Allen, 
And, and some people, yeah. some people might have even thought uh, that one of those two guys would be your your heir apparent at Ypsilanti. And I, I'm sure you're excited that that everyone's joining you. But do either of them aspire to, to be a head coach someday? I think they both do. Okay. Uh, and and uh, here's the deal: Pops is a heck of a fisherman, so so he may <laughs> even he, he may even be on the pro circuit one day. That's, that's, but, that's uh, amazing. But they both. He's uh, he's uh, a little history on him, man. He was Earl Boykin's ball boy, right? Uh, at at like age four or something like that, and I I think that's how he kind of got the nickname Pops. You know, uh, it was we somebody was joking around one day that you're gonna be like your pops or something like that, and and it kind of like stuck, <laughs> you know. Great. And and Stefan uh, has been with me from day one. Uh, he played for Rex. Yes. Uh, yes. And. And I used to train those guys during the summer. And uh, man, he's just—he's—he's he's been with me since day one. Uh, him and Brian Brown—he's yep. uh, a big guy we call B. And uh, DJ's dad has been with us pretty much for about ten years as well. And then, uh, of course, Willie Brown has been our book guy since '07, I believe. You know, and so. Uh, those are the guys who guys who are going now. Courtney, uh, I think you coached Courtney. I did. I had I had him for a year. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. So Courtney Smith and uh, uh, Ali Hussein was my freshman coaches this year, the, the past season. And uh, so those guys, man, they they are you know hopefully they'll get like an interview or something like that because they've been around the program for for a long time. But we had kind of hope, you know, as a father, man, you hope uh, you hope you can leave it to your son or things like that, but just didn't work out that way this time. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't know Ryan that well. I, I hear, I know Stefan a little bit, Ryan, I just, yeah. I hear nothing but good things about him and he's a fantastic. Yeah. Idiot, that's great to hear. Hey, so I want to, I want to shift a little bit. You and I chatted a little bit about this earlier. So in, in 1973, yeah. you graduate from uh, Flint Northern high school and that's, that's obviously yeah. the school that, that won the Class A state title in both 71 and 72 under former Correct. former Michigan coach Bill Frieder. And that, that 72 team featured guys, I think, like Wayman Britt and Terry Furlow. I mean, it's it's obviously – it's recognized as one of the all-time greats in the state. So I guess what I'm curious about, what was basketball like at Flint Northern and in the Saginaw Valley League back then? You obviously saw games back then. And you must have some, some memories of that, and especially with you being more of a, a football-baseball guy. But now the Saginaw Valley, Tony Smith, Greg Chapman, those guys uh, in Saginaw, and you had all the Flint schools, man. And it was, man, Flint was probably uh, ranked in the top five in the world in education during those times because yep. it was, you know, paint and all that stuff was uh, was going very strong. But you could believe the competition. Uh, Ray Bridges, who is Miles Bridges' dad was yeah he also was a safety in football you know terry furlow football but i'm going to give you i'm going to kind of like how it really was terry furlow was the 13th pick in the nba draft yep. terry furlow played jv in the 11th grade <laughs> imagine that so, yeah so, so that's how that's how loaded those you know those teams were and man it was just fantastic but but the whole city matt the whole city, he, he funded, funded all of the youth sports. And so we just had competition, man, the best uniforms, the best whatever uh, back in those days, man. Flint, 
went back in those days. We are talking right now about maybe doing a 30 for 30. I was in Coach Fred Jackson's office one time, and we just wrote uh, 48 names on the board that were from that that played professional football. You know, and and these are all one. These are all from one one town uh, with the population of under 100,000. Man. And it was just, it was fantastic. Charlie Coles was at Saginaw. He had all the great teams. He had Tony Smith and all those guys. And then you had uh, Ralph Grubb at Pontiac. And then you would have the Highland Parks and all of them come to town, man. It was just, it was just something to behold, Matt. I, I can go for four days telling you about Flint basketball. Yeah, I know. I just, I mean, I, I, I just, it's more, it's more stories for me. Like I, even when I was coaching the nineties, we, we would go to, you know, any, anytime we could go play Saginaw, yeah. Buena Vista or something, we would get just wanted our kids to be exposed yeah. to that. And, you know, and it was fun then, but that wasn't even the heyday, obviously. Oh. Um, you know, so yeah, it's just a, it's, it's good stuff. Hey, you know, building on your backgrounds, uh, specifically during those days when, you know, Flint area athletics were on top of the world, like you just yeah. mentioned, how did your, how, how did your experiences back then influence your coaching style and what you emphasize today? You know what, coach, it was pretty much, uh, not only the, just the, not only the athletic background, uh, we were just taught like, uh, character. Uh, we had great, you know, teachers, you know, we were challenged in the classroom. We just were not allowed to feel uh, second fit. Mm. And so yeah. it was just, it was in every neighborhood. It was, you know, it was just a foundation there where, uh, and, and as kids, we had what they call community directors. Okay. Uh, these right. were the guys who would be considered, I guess, ADs right now, but they were elementary school athletic directors, but they kept the gyms open and they kept the parks open. And what else don't understand about Flint, they have uh, what they call the Canusa Games. It stands for Canada, USA. Uh, Flint and Hamilton, Ontario have Olympics, you know, and it's anywhere from horseshoes to, <laughs> you know, to, to yeah. baseball, That's basketball, cool. the whole nine. I'll give you another, I'll give you another Flint uh, history uh up until Charlie Bell broke the single season record, Ricky Leach had the had the boys basketball single game record. I think it was forty six. And he's really? known for football, baseball. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah, baseball. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that uh, that 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 oh, sound was, in basketball. That's pretty cool. It was something to see, man. Yeah. So you know, coach, whether whether you want to admit it or not, you are you were considered one of the best defensive coaches in the area and even the state over the last 20 years. Uh, I know my son uh, speaks from experience because uh, he, he still has nightmares about playing against you. And, and I, and I have coached against a couple of those teams and I, 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 I feel the same way, but the defense your teams played at Ypsilanti, I mean, it's going to be probably remembered a long time after you retire, but what, what is it that your teams do that separates them from the others on the defensive end? Well, coach, uh, most of all, as a staff, we just, we just try to get them to understand that uh, some nights that ball is just not going to go in. You, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? And so, and so yeah, uh, I do. you know, so we asked them uh, these questions. You know, we said, man, uh, name me a guy who likes someone in his face all the time. And that's even the NBA, you know, and the answer is nobody. You know? And so right. when you deal, especially with kind of like urban kids who sometimes may struggle with a lot of uh, sets and, and things like that, man, you, we just try to get them sold on, uh, you know, that's pretty much effort. 
teams cannot scout or or when you scout, you can't predict hustle plays, you know. And so you can kind of predict a guy's getting his average or something like that, but you can't you can't uh, really predict he's going to dive, whether he's going to box you out, whether he's going to take a charge. So those things helped us, you know. And then those earlier guys, they, they bought in, and it kind of like just kind of snowballed when, when, when the younger guys came up. Uh, we were able to have our own coaches all the way down to seventh grade. So that they were getting they, all the way up, which is, yeah, that, that's nice. Yeah, that's just, like I said, it's impressive. I mean, it, it's, um, it, it's <laughs> you know, at Dexter, when I was when I was helping Randy Swoboland mm-hmm. at Dexter, just trying to game plan for you guys, you know. I mean, a lot of times when you play a pressure team, okay, we're going to have three or four, you know, new sets that we kind of, you know, hit, hit a couple back doors yeah. to keep them honest and they'll back off the pressure. None of that crap worked against <laughs> you guys. And it just would be, it, you know, it's just, it's so disruptive. And yeah, you're right. It's trying to, trying to prepare and scout uh, and, and try to simulate that in practice, you know, unless you put seven guys out yeah. there, it's, it was, it was fun. It was, uh, it was well, it wasn't fun at the time, but it definitely was fun to follow. So, you know, tell me like, when you guys, you know, kind of curious, especially with the season getting ready to start, what does a typical Steve Brooks early season practice look like? When you guys are just putting in, you're getting ready that first week or two before we even have games or scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, what, what's a typical practice look like? You know what's slow. Because, because if, you imp- if you implement your scheme and your system, you're going to have to stop for like the first two or three days and, and do a lot of teaching, you know. And so it would appear to go slow you know, those, those first weeks or so. Matter of fact, we always, in December, we probably have a couple of losses. There's a lot of times we're three and three or or two and two, and then we, you know, it clicks in and, 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 and we go on, say, like a 12-game winning streak or something like that. So in December, and because we, we never uh, ducked anybody, uh, you know, but when you got uh, new kids, man, uh, you got to stop and teach it. Uh, and and uh, like I say, because... Defense is, is, is more effort than, than skill. You really don't need skill uh, to play defense. You know, it's, it's pretty much about being in the right. You just have to stop and teach that, you know. We'll do a lot of conditioning those right. first uh, weeks or whatever, you know, just to get all that part in. But the practices uh, will go re- really slow. And, that, and that's kind of what, like as an outsider, that's what I've noticed about yeah. your teams over the years. One is that as the year goes on, their, their yeah. transition – offensively and defensively just yeah. gets better and better but then the other thing is once once those defensive breakdowns stop like early in the year we all have defensive breakdowns but you guys really get better at that as the year goes on and then playing you guys yeah. the second time was always a nightmare we used to hope for snow and just not get it <laughs> but uh and that's just kind of the way it is but hey, here, here's a tough question for you do, you do you have can you identify a player who who like the best player you've ever coached? Is there someone that stands out or is that really hard to do? Ooh, Matt, that's, that's a hard one. I tell you what, the most competitive guy I ever coached was Woody Payne. Yeah. Good, uh, good player too. You know, he was, he was something else. And then, uh, uh, Victor Morris was a coach down in, uh, Corey Allen, uh, Christian Simmons, and, uh, even James and LJ Frazier <laughs> were probably my best scorers. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just li- you just listed a whole line, by the way. But yeah, yeah. way to narrow it down. There, now, this is where <laughs> this is where pops comes in at because you know now where where I used to be able to do all these things. He can tell me what the score was, you know, uh, who made the shot, you know, what court it was, you know, who wore what uniform, and you know, 
And so, uh, really him for, for, you know, getting into it like that. Yeah. But yet, but, but in terms of just plain man, just being a bulldog, it was probably Woody Payne. I got you. That's good. And, okay. And I see, here we go again. Josh Young was a great scorer. Yeah. I remember Josh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, so it's just hard, man, because, uh, uh, but in terms of, of like uh, team leaders and things like I could actually be uh, I wouldn't have to run the first part of, of, of practice. And, and I could actually be making phone calls to coaches and things like because Woody was that kind of captain. And then he'd come in and get me and uh, and say, OK, we're ready. So I would actually come out for it when it was time to scheme. You like uh, you like Bobby Knight. You just kind of make a grand entrance. Everyone's fun. I kind of <laughs> like that. And I, I tell you what, we uh, Josh and Derek and I were talking too about how you have, you know, you you allow your assistants in the summer to, uh, you know, to coach like it's your team, and uh, you, you'd sit back and watch them or just let them run yes. the team, and it's a great, great, you know, I I used to kind of laugh like, man, what's he just taking the day off? But if you really, you know, you think about it, that that's how you get guys ready to coach is you you let them do that, and I think that's a pretty innovative thing that you, you've been doing for a yes, long and time. You know so. what, uh, uh, Matt, it it really saves me. You know, it really allows me to rejuvenate. And then it gives those guys a voice. You know, a lot of times uh, you have teams and, you know, uh, the guys will only listen to the head. You know what I mean? But now, right. summer, you can get 50 games in if, 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 if you know how to do it. And so it's almost like those guys are coaching two seasons. Right. You know? And so it, and it allows them, for instance, uh, our bench alignment is uh, I, I never sit. And so you got a coach, two empty seats, a coach, two empty seats. And so when they come and uh, get information, well, see, they've been with the guy all summer. So so the information is trusted. And, and so it allows everybody, man, to have an integral part in, uh, you know, what you're doing. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Josh did it with Derek when Derek helped him at uh, Chelsea that one year. And Derek, yeah. and Derek, had just he was just out of college. He never coached uh, a game in his life. He played a lot of games, and yeah. it was it was like the best thing that ever happened to him is when Josh oh, yeah. did that, and it, it helped him grow. So I, I think that's pretty cool. So, hey, coach, you know you've obviously seen a lot of great teams and players uh, over the years. Uh, so when when something or someone impresses you, it's probably a big deal. And, and, and rumor has it. There's a, a young prodigy coming up, a young man by the name of uh, Jalen Allen, who makes you smile a little bit when you watch him play. <laughs> you, yes. you mind telling us a little bit about this kid? Coach, this will be the next phenom. This this will be the next phenom in the state of Michigan. Uh, and see, uh, phenom is a word that a lot of people throw around. You know, in, in this area, uh, Lavelle Blanchard was a phenom. Yep. You know, and uh, because when I say phenom, I include character. You know, there's a lot of people I know that can play basketball. But uh, when you have those leadership qualities uh, and things like that, man, but uh, Jaylon Allen will be the next – he's the next one. <laughs> and he will be on the national uh, stage. Now, he, he, he is the – he's the son of Stefan and the brother of Corey, right? Correct. Yeah, and now how, how old is he and, and where does he go to school right now? He's 12, and I wish he went to Wayne Memorial. <laughs> well, r- rumor has it he could he could probably help you this Coach, year if he was with I, you. But. Well, let me put it to you this way: the 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 first open gym, he might have been the second best player. <laughs> you know? and, oh and, man, and, well, I look forward to I look forward to following him, obviously. Okay. And uh, he's special. He's gonna.
I saw some. I saw some of the videos you clipped, yeah. and uh, they're they're pretty cool. You can just tell that he's got the it. Got and, uh, and when you, <laughs> yeah, and when you add the character part to it, um, obviously that 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 makes him even even Absolutely. more interesting. So, you know, you you've been threatening retirement for years. Uh, so much, in fact, that, that I don't think anyone takes you seriously anymore yeah. when you mention it. But that that said, how much longer do you see yourself coaching? J lines twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Coach, I tell you, you, I tell you I definitely, uh, you know, my goal was to sit down and watch him, you know, and grab me a, a bag of popcorn and, and, and watch him play, right. you know, uh, especially if I, if I was still at Ipsy, because hopefully I would be able to coach him, I'd be able to coach him, coach at least a couple of years. So yeah, I got you. Okay. That's, you're, looking at, you're looking at four right there, uh, you know, because right. he's just, he's, he's special, man. That's cool. Is is there something missing from your resume or something that you really feel you need to accomplish before you retire? Or are you pretty content? Coach, right now? I'm content, man. I did not I did not get into coaching to, you know, like be the greatest of all time or or, or be uh you know, I wasn't looking for any kind of praise or fame, you know. Matter of fact, these kind of things that we're doing now, I don't like to do them, you know, because I, that's not why I got into coaching. You know, I, I just really got into coaching to make a difference. Uh, you know, when I got down in this area, I was seeing a lot of discipline issues and things like that. And uh, I actually got into coaching as a favorite of Rex Stanzik, you know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he was having some uh, discipline issues. So we talked about kind of like, you know, having it down in the uh, feeder programs, having it uh, established down there. Then by the time it got to him, you know, it wouldn't be a problem. So I actually started coaching at West Middle School in Ypsilanti. But we went on to be like 95 and two, I think, with with girls. It kind of like caught on like that, man. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You know, the one thing I I'm jumping around a little bit here. You know, we, we talked about your, you know, maybe one of your best yeah. or some of your best players you coached. What about your best team? Wow. I mean, I I know I had to co- I know I had to coach against uh, the 2012 team, and I, I mean we junked it up so bad to try to slow you guys down, and we hung around, but there's just no way that there's so much talent out there. But do you, do you have a favorite team? Wow, or best team? Matt, that's a that's that's a good one, man. I, I tell you what, the Inkster holds a special part because uh, it was a situation where we started with eight kids. Uh, we were like a Class C school. There were like 27 kids that came out for freshmen, JV and varsity. Each team had maybe eight kids. But those kids, man, were uh, that school system at that time only graduated 25% of its students, you know. And so right. those guys ended up uh, going through the quarters versus uh, Detroit DePores. And, uh, and six of those eight guys have college degrees. Now, the best, the best Ipsy team, mm. we argue about this all the time. Uh, the 2012 team was was pretty talented, but but didn't proper leadership in in terms of uh, holding each other accountable. I'm gonna have to go with team after uh, Jalen. Those guys graduated. Uh, those two teams where Corey Allen was, uh, I think, a junior and senior. Yeah, yeah it's 2015, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, uh, 16. Because yeah. our you know our centers was only like six two. Yeah, you know, but, but I remember that. Yeah, and when when everybody held each other other accountable, and so that's you know that's the big big thing right there. So the teams that went to the quarters back to back would probably have to be 
And we lost to both eventual champs, so nothing to be ashamed about. But those guys really held each other accountable, and they were a joy to watch. Yeah, those, those were fun teams, and that, that's that's quite a run you guys had for sure. You know, you, you referenced or you mentioned uh, fishing earlier. So, and, and rumor has it that, that fishing is, is your hobby and passion. Sounds like it's Ryan's as well, uh, and, and that you would do it all day if you could. So, what is it about fishing that, that you and Ryan love so uh, you much? You know what, just – just the solitude, you know, the, the water, man, is, is just really, it really can control you or help you control your thoughts, you know, and especially yeah. the earlier you go when you see the sunrise and things like that, it, it just allows you a chance to get away from uh, everything, you know, and most fishermen would tell you this, I, I don't even have to catch anything sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just you hear nature, it just allows you to, you know, uh, have a moment to get within yourself, you know. Pops has probably been in the boat with me since he's maybe two, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, sometimes we'd be out, out on Lake Erie and four feet waves. His mom didn't like that, but, but he loved it. You know, we splash and he'd go weed, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, but right, right. Uh, he just seems to love it, too, man. It, it's uh, I'm really blessed, Matt, to have a have a son that uh, I mean, I can count on him and and and. You know, but we were allowed to, you know, get a lot of thoughts together, especially during uh, I'm on my second marriage. His mom and I were married for 20 years. I'm on my second marriage. We've been married for mm -hmm. 15, but uh, it really helped him through the divorce, you know. And so, you know, to get away uh, when they're going through any any type of trauma. Yeah, that's great to hear, man. And okay. I, I got one final question for you. So uh, what what are your thoughts on? on how complicated coaching is going to be this winter. Things like pre-activity questions and taking temperatures, wearing masks, yeah. restricted crowds, possible interruptions in our season. I mean, what what, what, what do you Coach think about man, all that? We're just kind of keeping an eye on volleyball. I mean, because they're already inside, you know. <laughs> right. But, uh, man, I know 18 people that have died from the virus. And so, so that way I, oh, my I, goodness. I, I know it's real, you know. But on the on the other hand, you really feel sorry for the kids, like the seniors that didn't get to finish uh, last year, you know. And then, yep. uh, like I say, there's a good group of seniors that I left at Ipsy, you know, that hopefully they can get it in this year, you know. But but it's really it's really strange. Hopefully we can get a and crown a state champion this year. But yeah, uh, that would be nice. Coach, uh, that would be nice. We have to even in open gym, we have to ask the questions and we have to take the temperatures and things like that. And uh, they have to actually play with their mask on. So, wow, it's it's really hard to say. But I'm 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 really hoping and praying that we can, you know. But I don't want anybody to. Uh, we don't want to lose anybody else, especially due to to basketball. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Hey, Steve. As usual, it is, it's been a pleasure. Uh, appreciate you holding off on your nap today to talk with us a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, but, uh, you know, one thing's for sure, it will not be the same seeing uh, Ypsilanti take the floor this winter without you uh, kind of stalking the sidelines. So I, that's, I think a lot of people are going to miss that. So we wish you luck for sure at Wayne Memorial. And a lot of people in the SEC are probably glad to see you go. So maybe that thing will open up a little bit and uh, and maybe they'll have a chance in some games. So anyway, I want you to take care and, and well, good luck you, with man. everything. And, and, and I just want to say, man, uh, thank you to all the coaches in the SEC, man. Everybody's been great. We always had great conversations when, you know, pregame when I visited everybody, man. And it's a great conference, man. I just wish everybody well.
Good deal. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Take care. Okay, well, it's now time for the Prep Pigskin Pick segment, and we are honored to have Monroe St. Mary Catholic Central Boys basketball coach Randy Winham uh, with us. In his 11 seasons with the Falcons, Randy has won five Huron League titles, seven districts, five regionals, and reached the state semifinals twice in both 2013 and 2018. And the crazy thing about those accomplishments is that Randy might only be the second best sports story in his family, as son Bryce who had a dreamlike career at Monroe CC, is now playing professional baseball in the Chicago Cubs organization. Coach Winham, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been listening to all the podcasts uh, you guys have been doing. It's been doing a great job. It's great to listen to some guys that um, normally I, I, I don't really know, so it's been awesome. Beautiful. Appreciate that. Coach, um, obviously tons of accolades from your coaching career, and, and two, those two Final Four teams were special, but I would argue – um, and just because I've seen so many of your teams play, that your best team was your 2014 team. And when people tell me uh, or ask me, I'm sorry, who the, the toughest out was on our way to a state title at Milan, I, without pause, I say St. Mary's Catholic Central. You gave us everything we could handle. But and, and I would say if you were Class C that year, you would have won a state title. I mean, could you say, is that, was that maybe your best team you've ever had? Um, you know, I, I've been asked a lot of questions, the best player ever, the best team. I, I really don't get into that only because I don't think it's fair. I don't want to slight any team. Um, that was a special team only because of how we played as a team with roles. And, and you know, I had, I had a couple guys that I don't know how many teams in my 10 years or 11 years now um, that would have started, you know, on any other team. You know, so they just really did what I asked and um, really – got the most of it you know think about high school basketball they built some great memories you know some guys will never forget that game in that district against you guys and 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 we were nobody was rooting harder than me for, for you guys to win a state championship um you know it, it, it just was a you know uh like i said a great team and a uh, great feeling to have the opportunity to play a state champion you know um one of the special things from that state championship run and i don't think anybody knows the story outside of my coaching staff at Milan and you um, and obviously your family um, but you know, we, we had a great relationship. We had a, a, an amazing respect for each other and, and we were able to still compete hard, you know, twice a year and try to win. But what, um, when we won that district, the first thing I did was call you, if you remember, and I had you come to practice that Sunday before regionals, because I knew we could not get out of the regional without having to play more zone than we had played during the year. And I asked you to come to practice and just kind of help sharpen our two, three zone you know, maybe add any wrinkles to it, things like that. And without hesitation, you said, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, four days after us knocking you out of the state tournament, you show up at practice, you tweak our coverage on the top of the key in our two, three, um, something I had not considered doing to that point. And we end up, you know, rolling through the regional and even playing a lot of two, three in the state semifinal. And, you know, I, I just, I really struggle now with when I have so many coaches that, you know, you're competitive against and it becomes immature and angry and things like that because I was spoiled because I had such a great relationship with you. And, and it says so much about who you are that you were willing to do that to help us to do advance in the state tournament. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, the, the thing about coaching and, and Matt and Derek both know the more you can uh, steal from, from people and 
and to go in to watch your practice and how you do things and um, the respect the kids have for you. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing with, you know, we can go into the whole zone thing, but, you know, as we went on our, our way of these uh, regionals and things, I mean, we were never going to play you man ever. And we were never going to play a Detroit Edison man. So that's kind of our reason for our zone and me studying it so much. So I appreciated you, you know, asking me to, to be there for you guys. And, and uh, I could have a little piece of it. <laughs> no, it was great. It was Everybody great. in my family has won a state championship except me in something. <laughs> my, my daughter, my daughter, who I got to mention, was all state setter. And she won a state championship in volleyball. My wife was the assistant and Bryce, of course, in football. So, Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that love fest story you guys just told put a tear in my eye. <laughs> it, it, it also might be the most dysfunctional thing I've ever seen. Josh, do, if you ever beat me in a, in a big do, – do not call me and ask me to come to your practice that week. That is not happening, by the way. <laughs> then again, I'm not letting oh. you beat me, so i just get you off the schedule if I thought you were going to beat me. But anyways, as, well, as I, you, you know, I, I, we just had Tim Kane on last week doing the football <laughs> picks. And, you know, T- Tim, you know, he, he, he struggles to get along with me. That, that's because he's never beat me. You know, I always said <laughs> if Tim could, if Tim could have ever beat me in anything, maybe we'd get along better, but you know, it's, it's, you know, see, Randy actually beat me. So we actually were able to get along. Oh, we, have to, we might have to talk to him again. So. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, you mentioned that. And I think you were asking me for some stuff on Bryson. I think his career record was, um, I had it wrote down somewhere. Like six, 64 and 12, and he lost seven times to Milan. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's something right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, before we get started, let's recap last week uh, with our picks. Uh, our, our guest uh, picker, Tim Kane, and yours truly led the way with four and one records, missing only the Dexter Gladwin game, which, of course, was thrown together eight hours before kickoff after Tecumseh shut things down uh, due to COVID-19. Derek went three and two, missing the Dexter game. Uh, and Lincoln's win over Ypsilanti. And uh, Coach Trope had a rough week, uh, going two and three with similar misses on top of Huron's victory over Pioneer. Uh, we have some interesting games to talk about this week, so let's get started. Our pick order will be Derek, Josh, Randy, and me. And game number one is uh, features the Huron League. Uh, we have Milan two and one at New Boston Huron three and zero. Oh, huge game, Derek. What do you think? This past week, Milan, uh, they knocked off Monroe Jefferson 19-14 in a, in a tough game, it looked like. They had a, a fourth-quarter touchdown by quarterback Cole McKelvany, I believe is how you say it, um, to uh, to take the lead. And then the, the Evan Morlock game, game-clinching game interception put the game on ice. Uh, meanwhile, New Boston Hurons off to that 3-0 start. They haven't had too many tough games. They, they beat SMCC. Um, Friday in a by 19. I, I do think that the Chiefs will take care of business here. I'm going to pick them to to knock off the Big Reds. Okay, Coach Trope. Well, I mean, uh, I, you know, obviously I'm picking Milan. Uh, you know, I still, you know, part of me still definitely bleeds black and red. There's no question about it. Evan Morlock's dad, by the way, excellent high school teacher. Um, very, very good teacher. Very good guy. A multi-sport athlete as well. The kid is. Um, and you know, Jesse Hoskins, one of my best friends in coaching, one of the best mentors there are for kids out there. He does more with less than maybe any coach in the state of Michigan. Um, it really is amazing what he does for his program. Um, he goes above and beyond and he does so many things for those kids 
for their life outside of football. And um, he's got a great staff. They're all teachers in the building. You know, they, they live in the community. They're all in, just not in season. They're all in year round with those kids. It's pretty remarkable what they do. Um, obviously I'm not picking against the big reds coach Hoskins will have the boys ready and, uh, and they'll go to three and one against new Boston here on. All right. Randy, what do you think about this here on league uh, showdown? Well, obviously right up my alley, um, here on <laughs> league, the, um, watched new Boston last week play, um, SMCC and second series, uh, Austin Myers, new Boston's really good quarterback goes down with a knee injury. Uh, they put in Chase Molnar who uh, was a sophomore starter for them, actually lost his job to Austin. Um, but just a great coaching job to keep the kids even kill. They changed their game plan a little bit. And um, Isaac Smith, the coach's son, is, is probably the best overall player uh, in the league, I think, as a junior. Um, just a slot receiver, uh, just a really good player. He's, he's much like the McIlvaney kid from uh, Milan, who does a lot of different things. Um, so, But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, – New Boston on this one, just because uh, the line really dominated SMCC, um, both sides of the ball. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's New Boston, though. Milan obviously won. They won 22-21 a year ago. And the last time uh, Huron won was not that long ago, 2017. So it's been a pretty balanced uh, rivalry. Uh, I, I can't get past the the quarterback loss. And I, it sounds like they have a guy with some experience who's, who's coming in and, uh, mm-hmm. and can probably solidify. But losing Myers, I, I still think, is – is always a problem for a team when you lose your starter. Milan does have a couple ball carries, uh, ball carriers on top of their quarterback. Um, this uh, Jet Isaacs looks like he's a pretty productive uh, runner as well. I've got I've got Milan winning this one, twenty-two to twenty. Uh, that's going to take us to game two, and that is a uh, kind of featuring the I eight. Uh, this is Marshall one and two at Western three and zero. Oh. Derek, what do you think? So looking at this one, uh, you know, with Western. It's very interesting stats from their from their previous game. Joey Ellis, the quarterback, was five for eight passing for 159 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. So that's three of five completions went for a touchdown, and he's averaging over 30 yards per completion. So nice. I don't I obviously didn't see the game, but they're doing some interesting things in the passing game there. Bode Brown also ran for over 100 yards and two touchdowns for Western. Meanwhile, Marshall um, put up a ton of points against Northwest to get their first win of the year. Based on what I'm seeing, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, but I'm going to go Panthers over the Red Hawks in this one. All right. Coach Trillway? Yeah, I showed up at the Sunday League, uh, but actually on Saturday. And uh, what the Western faithful were, were not happy with me. They were looking for me as I walked in. They, mm-hmm. they, were, they were complaining that I was talking trash about the basketball program, that they wouldn't make good use of the seven-footer. And Coach Molnix had to find me and clarify some things. And, <laughs> And uh, and then then followed it up with the fact that boy they'd really like some more coverage on the Jackson area schools and and I told them if Chad Mortimer wouldn't have big time just a few times there there'd be some coverage so <laughs> but no I did say that we do need to move in that direction we've almost got Ann Arbor covered I think the I eight is the next area that Greater Ann Arbor area that we cover um, and I'm gonna give uh, them some more attention right now by picking a big upset. Marshall had Lumen Christie in week one. They blew it down the stretch in the last minutes of that game. I think they're better than their one and two record. And I think Western has not really played anybody at this point. And I don't think they're as good as their record. Um, I, I am rooting for Joey Ellis, son of the Spring Arbor uh, president. But that being said, uh, I like Marshall in a shootout. All right. Randy, thoughts? 
again, uh, like Josh was saying, Marshall has played the tougher schedule, losing to Coldwater, who's 3-0, and and Lumen 2-1. Western being 3-0, and uh, they have a really good coach. He was he coached football and basketball at Dearborn. Yep. Um, so, again, it looks like a really good game, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Western to keep it rolling. Okay. I agree, I agree with you 100%, Randy. I, and Marshall is definitely better than their record. A um, couple things. Uh, Coach Dave, it, it's it's missed it, I think. But, uh, again, I, I know him back from his coaching basketball days at Dearborn. I didn't even know he was a football coach until yeah. after I got to know him. But he's done a great job at Western. They definitely have it going three straight years in the playoff. Word on the street is that uh, the Marshall quarterback, Cooper Middleton, is uh, not a guarantee to play Friday night. And I think that could be – uh, a, a big deal. I've got Western winning uh, 35 to 27. Game three pits Ann Arbor here on one and one uh, coming off a big win at Ypsilanti. Owen three. Derek, what do you think? With, with here on last week, obviously they got that, that big W first win since what, 2002 against uh, Pioneer. Really kind of bizarre game. When you look at the summary of it, uh, <laughs> they had two rushing touchdowns by quarterback, Anthony Pinnacy, I believe is how you say it. Um, but one of them was set up by a fumble inside the 10-yard line, and then they also had two safeties on the game. So just just a, a weird game against uh, Pioneer, it appears. Ipsy, meanwhile, had obviously the very tough loss to rival Lincoln, and, and it's always tough to bounce back from those types of games. It's just you, you come into practice the next week, and you you got to really try and find, it, find a way to, to reset, and it can be tough. I am going to go with the River Rats again over the Grizzlies. Okay. Derek, we, we may get some comments on your pronunciation of both the Milan quarterback and the Huron quarterback this week. Uh, not, I'm not even sure if you're right or wrong because I can't pronounce them either, but we're, uh, we'll wait on that. So Josh, what do you think? Oh, I'm officially on the Ann Arbor Huron uh, river rat bandwagon. No question. <laughs> no question about it. You know, I, big win for them last week. I, I hopefully they'll be turning the corner here. They definitely have the athletes to put it together. I, I like Huron. 15 to nothing in five Adam Samaha field goals. And I'd like Huron to get their second win in a row. Wow. Okay. Randy. Yes. You stole my thunder with, uh, I was picking Adam to have four field goals and them <laughs> to win 12, nothing. Um, so Huron to get their first two game winning streak. And I don't know how long, so, uh, let's go river rats. Okay. Yeah. Huge win over, uh, over pioneer. Uh, that's, a, that was a big deal. Uh, coach, coach Antoine Mack got to be fired up and, uh, his players, uh, Ipsy struggling, but I still, I still feel just on paper that that defense is, is pretty solid. And, 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 uh, Danny Brown was always a really good defensive coach. Ipsy has a guy named, uh, Jaden, uh, he, it's either Bevere or Bevier. Uh, if you want to go a little French uh, feel to it, uh, he just committed to Saginaw Valley State, so that's I think it's uh, he's the leader of that defense. I've got um, I've got Huron winning though again, yeah, Huron seventeen, Ypsilanti seven. Okay, Lincoln two and one at Dexter one and two. Uh, Derek, thoughts on your uh, alma mater? Yeah, so actually I uh, I got to watch a little bit of the Dexter. Uh, game this past Friday on stream. Uh, obviously, they lost to the Flying G's of Gladwin. Um, they, they did not look great. They looked a little flat. I think uh, it had to be an emotional roller coaster having your game canceled, then rescheduled, then having to try and prep in only a couple hours, and then take a two over two hour bus ride to the game. So yes, I'm making some excuses for the Dreadnoughts. They did str- really struggle to uh, to stop the run. Um, the the um, flying G's quarterback was was getting loose in the backfield 
for sure. They did have some some nice long pass plays to to Cal Bavanaugh, who had a nice game. But um, yeah, and then with Lincoln, Jordan Collier had three touchdowns rushing, and he ran for over a hundred yards for the third straight game this year mm. in their twenty-five to nine win over Ipsy. With that, I, I'm actually going to take the Rail Splitters over the Dreadnoughts. I uh, it's tough for me to pick against Almada, but I'm going to do it. Okay, Coach Trope. Yeah, um, a lot of jokes in this podcast are made about my uh, team's defense against Lincoln last year. And I think after this week, we're going to be making a lot of jokes about Dexter's defense against uh, Lincoln after this football (laughs) game. You know, defense is definitely optional for the Dreadnoughts this year and Coach Jacobs. Um, That being said, I I do think Colin Parachek will go crazy himself this week. I like Lincoln 52 to 47 over Dexter. Man, nice score. Uh, Randy. Wow. Well, because um, Dexter's home, right? Is that it is that Dexter, correct. Yes. yes. Right. So we're going to have more fans now, right? So uh, Possibly. Depending, possibly. On your seating, depending on your seating capacity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, Dexter, hate to go against Dexter. I, I just, you know, uh, root for their quarterback. Uh, you know, hopefully he has a good season and keeps going. And, you know, so I think I'm going to go with Dexter here. Okay. Lincoln has averaged nearly 50 points against Dexter the last three years. Which there is, you go. There the defense, you go. Defense has been optional, uh, sounds like, in this game, uh, even for a while. Dexter's obviously stinging from the loss. This, this Cowyer kid is legit. Lincoln's offensive line looks like it is uh, it's, it's pretty strong. Yeah, you got three-year starters is Trevor Jones and Will uh, Kreitz. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a handful. They're going to put up some points. Parachek was uh, – he did throw for over 300 yards and three TDs. And, yes, little Cal Bavanaugh. How about that? Eight eight catches, 148 yards, and two scores for a guy that probably people didn't even think was going to play football. But I've got Dexter surviving this one, but in a typical Dexter-Lincoln game. It's one of the best games every year. I got Dexter 34, Lincoln 33. Someone's going to screw up an extra point in this game. So <laughs> our final game. Uh, oh, God, I hate picking Chelsea games. Chelsea 3-0 at Pinckney 2-1. Derek, what are your thoughts? Well, so Pinckney had the uh, big win over Jackson last week. They scored 42 points in the second quarter. <laughs> Luke, Luke Lovell hooked up with Caleb, I believe it's Woodlow or Wordlow, um, for three touchdowns in that quarter alone. Um, and that really was enough to take care of to take care of Jackson. Meanwhile, Chelsea... Um, I mean, playing schoolcraft, which okay, uh, or whoever it was, the Joe Taylor with a with a big game, and and Trent Hill, who suddenly is now at Chelsea. They got the uh, Nick yeah, Hill, Nick Hill's younger brother. How, how did that happen? I don't, I don't know. know. But uh, he looked apparently, you know, he's uh, he's the real deal because he he had, he looked good on some of the highlights on Twitter. I do think Pinkney's been looking good lately, but I'm going Bulldogs over the Pirates uh, comfortably. Okay, Coach Trope. Hey, listen, I, I love the Bulldogs, but I, I agree. I don't even know why we keep putting them on here. I mean, it's it's almost like a guarantee for everybody. I mean, it, there's nobody on their schedule that's going to test them until they get to maybe the quarters or semifinal. Um, and, and even then, I, Wait, have, they'll be have favorites. You seen, have, you, have you seen their district? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep, keep going. Yeah, I, I don't. Anyways, I like I said, this, this is going to be ugly early, middle, late. Um, the area's best quarterback will go off again this Friday, Griffin Murphy, and uh, and maybe the best defense right now in the state in Division Three with Chelsea. You know, Grant Fanning does a great job back there as a coordinator. He's got a great staff. I mean, I think we have 16 paid assistants. I mean, I, I don't know. The, the University of Chelsea's definitely got enough money to spread around to those coaches, and they do a great job. 
Randy, can you follow up that hyperbole at all? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm exhausted after uh, Coach Tropez, um describing Chelsea. It, it, it almost wants me not to pick Chelsea, but uh, <laughs> I have to pick Chelsea. Side note for myself is uh, my grandparents started going up there in like 1945 or something. So been a long time secret Chelsea uh, fan. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs in this one as usual. And um, I felt a little slight division seven slight from Derek there. I, I did. I kind of <laughs> caught that um, division seven, division six. Hey, we play some good football. And Derek is a little young. He doesn't understand schoolcraft football either. Schoolcraft used to be in the KVA where Olivet was in. And yes. uh, them, and, them and Constantine over on the West side of the state are really good football program. Um, I mean, I think, Chelsea beat a pretty good team. Um, obviously, Chelsea has a lot more depth, but um, it was, you know, it wasn't very close. They jumped on them twenty-eight nothing, I think, and then just kind of screwed from there. But uh, that Chelsea is rolling, no doubt about it. Uh, Pinkney's only loss, obviously, is to that uh, a solid Monroe team, and they scored what more than fifty points in each of their last two games. So they should be a test, at least, for this vaunted Chelsea defense. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that that second quarter Friday is uh, it was is phenomenal. I thought Olivet scoring forty against Perry in a quarter was something, and then this happens a week later. But the Pinkney quarterback uh, Luke uh, Lavelle, eleven to fourteen for two sixty nine and four TDs, and they were all the TDs were all in the second. But I am zero two picking against Chelsea, um, and I was tempted to do it again, but I I'm, I'm trying to stay in this race. So I'm going to go uh, Chelsea forty two. Paint me 27 in a game that probably isn't even that close. So, all right. Well, that uh, that does it. Uh, we got uh, any final thoughts? Or are we ready? To, are we good? I think we're good. Okay. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me on. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Randy, we, hey, we really appreciate it. And we know we had some technical difficulties today, but uh, um, you know, like I said, uh, other than the the love fest between you and Josh, this was uh, exciting <laughs> exciting to have you. And we, and we wish you well. We hope to we hope the Falcons. Uh, do well this season and uh maybe uh see you back in the breslin again sometime soon so appreciate that all right take care man all right see you coach well hey that uh that concludes uh another episode of coach speak uh derek josh appreciate your uh your efforts today it was a, it was a long day with some of our technical difficulties but uh, <laughs> i think we got some content that we can share and hopefully it comes out okay we want to thank everyone for listening as well uh, we are going to take a, a, a week off, uh, so we're actually not going to have a podcast for about two weeks. And when we come back uh, later in October, we're going to start our previews. And our goal is to preview uh, the Southeastern Conference White Division, as well as the Red Division, also the Cascades Conference, other boys teams in the Ann Arbor area, and then also uh, girls teams um, overall, like one podcast for girls basketball in the Ann Arbor area as well. So we look forward to that. We're going to do some preparation and get ready. Um, until then, uh, stay safe, mask up, and peace.